0: Welcome. My name is Michaela. For those of you who don't know, I'm the co-pastor of this church along with my um, very handsome uh, man of God in my life, Pastor Andre. And so I'm preaching today. We're in a series called Bless This Home. I believe this with all of my heart that God loves our families. That God is for families. And this series this whole month, we're focusing on what God wants for our families. Amen. God wants us to have better families. Amen. Can you agree to that? Amen. That's God's heart. God's heart is for families. And unfortunately, families are being attacked. I don't know if you don't know, if you notice this, if you see this. Families are being under attack. And because the enemy knows that if he can attack families and the families are weak, the society will be weak. Amen. And everything will crumble and it starts with a family. And so that's why we're doing this. That's why we're doing this series because we want to equip each family in this church to know what's in the heart of God. Amen. And so this series is more of a teaching and equipping more than, you know, just inspiring you. It's more of instructions. So if you're here today, if you have notes, take notes. And we have a video Yes, we do have a video, amen. So if you want to rewatch it, you can do that. And so this four-week series, we're looking into the Beatitudes. How many of you know what the Beatitudes are? Amen. And that simply comes from the Latin word blessedness. It's in Matthew chapter 5. Jesus showed us eight different characteristics of those who are blessed. That's why the series is called Blessed. And in this, we, we, we define blessed as happy amen and last week we talked about blessed are those who hunger for righteousness amen that was so good and today as we ask God to bless our homes I want to apply one of the beatitudes to our families because honestly most families look good on the outside they look blessed on the outside but are they really blessed on the inside come on Are we really happy on the inside? Are we really blessed on the inside? I have a question this morning. How many of you have been robbed before? There you go. Growing up, there were several occasions in my life when we got robbed, we got broken into in our homes. While we are sleeping, robbers come in and took our appliances, took our TVs, and we woke up with nothing. Mind you, there's 20 people living in our house, growing up with 20 people in your house, and still not being able to wake up in the middle of the night, and waking up and the TV is gone. Right? Inside job, maybe, I don't know. (laughs) And it didn't just happen once. It happened a couple of times, and I remember when I was six or seven, praying to God, Lord, please, bring back our TV. Because I i need to watch my show it's it's batibot it's you know the the filipino version of sesame street and so now now having our own you know having our own family my kids we try to make sure that we you know we're safe um with the help of brother alan he gave us a ring system how many of you know the ring we love the ring this is not an ad hashtag ad no it's not it's You know, my husband goes on mission trips and it's just an extra measure of security for us. So we installed, he installed it, uh, one by the garage door. You know what? I shouldn't be telling you this. So when you sneak into my house, you wouldn't know where it is. All right. It's somewhere there, out there. I have two. And so we see who's coming in and who's coming out and it alarms our phone. If somebody is close by the proximity of our house, it will... there's a motion, right? And so we see you, right? And we see the mailman, right? And we see the, the neighbors walking the dog, right? And we're stalking them. No, we're not stalking them. It's just it's for security purposes. There was one time... Uh, I was, pastor was away overseas and I was by myself and I was having breakfast with somebody and it alarmed them like, this is the first time we're actually using this and I'm like, who is this guy? I don't know. He's in my backyard. Oh my goodness. No. And, and, and I asked like, Tony, are you in the house? Like, yes, pastor, I'm here. Okay. You're fine. (laughs) We do that. Now that I like, I'm a mom, I'm a a mama bear. I want to protect my kids. Right? One of the purposes of being a mother is to protect your kids. And so we sleep with a a bat or whatever, golf club by the bed. We do that, right? We protect our kids. We, We make sure that they are safe. What is interesting in our culture today is that we are applauded for protecting our kids physically. Right? We child-proof our homes. We put a gate at the bottom of the stairs and we put a gate at the top of the stairs, right? And we put cushion all over the side of the table, right? And when we're sending our kids out to get mail, we put a helmet and elbow pads and knee pads, right? We're obsessed with protecting them and the society is applauding that we're protecting our kids physically. But when in terms to morality, we are being looked down. When we're trying to protect the hearts and the purity of our kids, people make fun of us. God called us to protect our families and our kids, not just physically but protecting their hearts. Amen. We as much as we're childproof and safety crazy, we need to be child enemy proof. Amen. And crazy with the safety of the hearts of our kids and our families. Jesus gave us a very specific beatitude in Matthew chapter 5 verse 8. And this is our key verse for today. It says, Blessed. Are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the pure in heart. Let's start there. The heart there in the Greek word is cardio. That's why when you're running, right, it's called cardio. That's where we get the word cardiac, right? But Jesus was using this word as a metaf- metaphor. It, it, it describes the condition of our hearts, our emotions, our feelings and how we relate to other people. I believe that Jesus meant so much more than what we're going to talk about today, but I want to narrow it down. When we talk about blessed are the pure in heart, we're going to narrow it down to moral purity and how it applies to our homes. Okay? Are we good? All right, so now it's very common to hear somebody say or to believe about yourself or to believe about somebody else that, oh, she's got a pure heart or she's got a good heart. Have you heard that before? Like in funerals or, um, you know, you're dating uh, somebody. Oh, he doesn't really love the Lord, but he's got a good heart. Right? Have you heard that? Oh, he's, he's actually married but not together really, but he's got a good heart. Are you here? Here's the thought that we need to understand that without Christ, there's no such thing as a pure heart. Without Christ doing a surgery in our hearts, it's impossible for us, even Christians or non-Christians, non-followers of Christ to have a good heart. In fact, In Jeremiah 17, verse 19, 9 and 10, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. The heart is hopeless. It's beyond cure. It's deceitful. It lies to us. It deceives us. Who can understand it? God says, I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind. So the heart is deceitful. So nobody can say, I have a pure heart. Without Christ, it's impossible. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 4, I want, I'm going to marinate in here a little bit. And I want us to read this with understanding. Apostle Paul was addressing. Ephesus and he's talking about the people that are not following Jesus, not following Christ. They're not Christians. It says there, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due, due to the hardening of their hearts. Okay, let's stop there. They are darkened in their understanding. And they're separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. They don't even realize it because it's, their hearts have grown hard to the things that matter most. They're darkened in, the, in their understanding. I want to read it in an NLT version. It's not there. It says there, their minds are full of darkness. They wander from the life of God the life God gives them because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against them. How many of you walked into a movie theater with your smuggled snacks? And you... Fact, it's not actually illegal. Is it illegal? I've heard it's not. So why would you like sneak and, and, and like, it's okay, you're fine. You know, just don't bring rice and adobo, you know. It's, you just bring popcorn and, and you're fine. My mom, we went to watch a movie and she bought like a whole subway foot long. And it's like, oh, it's loud and it smells, you know, like, so you walk into the movie theater and it's dark, right? And you stumble and you're like, it's me. This is me. Like, I, I don't know where I'm going. And I would pull out my phones and put up my uh, flashlight because it's really difficult to walk and my eyes are not perfect. But then when you get inside, it starts to get brighter and your eyes get accustomed to the dark, right? Your eyes adjust to the darkness. And this is what this verse is all about, right? We don't even know what we're missing. We don't even know that we've let impurity in our homes because we have hardened our hearts, right? In verse 19, he goes on to say, having lost all sensitivity. Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity. There's very few that describes our verse that describes our culture today. And I believe that this was one of them. It describes what's going on in our culture today. Having lost all sensitivity, our culture is giving itself over to all sorts of sensuality and indulging in every kind of impurity. In in NLT version, I love it. It says, they lost shame. What's what's good in the eyes of God is bad in their eyes. And what's bad in their eyes is good in the eyes of the Lord. They don't even know that, right? Because of the hardened hardening of the hearts now in our lives as families like we love our families right we love our kids we love our spouses and we want to guard our marriages we want to make sure that they're protected we are after the next generation and so honestly we wouldn't do anything like giving our babies poison in their bottles right we wouldn't let them, uh, you know, swim in a pool of acid. We're not going to let them run out on the streets where there's, like, you know, 10 wheel trucks running down the road. But in terms of morality, we let, you know, we let our 12-year-olds have their own phones with no parental control. I love you guys. You know, I don't have a teenager. I have an eight, almost nine-year-old, but I was a teenager once, right? And some of us, we let our teenagers go out on dates with dudes with raging hormones, and we don't even know them, right? We protect them physically, but we let them go run wild. Is it, is it because our hearts are hardened and we say, it's okay, it's fine. They're going to be okay. I'm going to give you a website for those of you who are parents. Bark.us will help you monitor your kids' social media, Instagram, um, social media, whatever, text, email. Uh, It's very helpful. It's worth it. We wouldn't do that, right? Could it be that the reason is because we've let impurity come into our homes without even knowing it? What's going to be different in our lives? Church Unstoppable. We're going to be different because we're not just going to be a Christian family. We're going to be a Christ-centered home. If you were here last week, okay, give it up to the Lord. Amen. If you were here last week, that's what one of pastor's points is that we're not just a Christian family. Because 65% of American adults identify themselves as Christians. 65%. But looking at that 65%, that's, you don't see them living or having a Christ-centered family, right? So that's, gonna be the, that's what's going to make us different, It's having Jesus as the center of our homes. And if you want the blessings of God, then we need to learn to live according to the Word of God. That's what Ezekiel says. And, in, in, in the, uh, the, uh, sorry, David. Psalms 119 Verse 9 and 10, he asks, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? A lot of you here are asking, I want to be pure. How do I do it? Here's the verse. Psalms 119. How can a young person, if you're a young person here, stay on the path of purity? The answer is there, by living according to the word. So if we're going to oblige our families, we say, how can our families stay in the path of purity? By living according to the word. Verse 10 says, seek you, uh, I seek you with all my heart. He's saying this to God. Do not let me stray from your commands. Amen. Amen. Here's what the culture will tell us. Follow your heart. Follow your heart, right? You see that hashtag follow your heart on Instagram all over, follow your heart. I want to do a series of, uh, what's this guy's name from the office? Falls, you know. Yeah. I want to do a series of everything that is in, in the world right now that is not biblical. And one of them is follow your heart. It, like what we, the, we, we saw in the verse a while ago, the heart is deceitful. So you can't follow your heart. Don't follow your heart. Can you tell your neighbor, don't follow your heart? Because a lot of, you know, we've seen a lot of marriages are broken because they follow their heart. Oh, I like that woman better and I'm following my heart or like, I want this and I want to do this and I'm following my heart that is not what God wants, amen, that's not what God wants, and for those of you who are single right now and you don't have a family, you're probably thinking, yeah, Pasora, let them know, tell them, right, yeah, yeah, I'm talking to you, because what you do now matters, what you do today matters, you know what a wise person does, you know what a wise person does, he knows, a wise person knows that everything is interconnected, Right? That your past, your present, and your future are all connected. So you can't say, I'm going to live my life the way I want now. And then when I have a family, I'm going to focus on purity. No, you cannot build your life. Right? You cannot make sin as the foundation for righteousness in the future. If you want righteousness for your future family, you sow a seed of righteousness now. So single people, don't say, I can do whatever I want right now and I'm going to focus on living a pure life later. It doesn't work that way. So I'm going to give you three points. Today. How can we practically create a culture of purity in our homes, in our lives? Not even just our physical families. If you're here and you're discipling other people, God is raising you to disciple other people. This is applicable as well. Amen. the first one is how to create a culture of purity. You have to get your own heart right first. Amen. You start there. You start with yourself. It doesn't matter how old you are if you're the youngest in your family or the oldest in your family. You lead, lead a life of purity. You lead your family towards purity. Solomon says in Proverbs 4.23, he said, here's my best advice. Above everything else, guard your heart for everything that you do flows from it. Guard your hearts like you are guarding your house. So when we look at our lives and how we live our lives and what we allow into our families, what we want to be influenced with, what we read, what we watch, what we say, what kind of friends that we welcome in our house, you guard your heart. You have to guard your heart. A lot of people would say, well, let your conscience be your guide. Another false, because the problem with that is the scripture also says that our conscience are seared. It's, it can also be deceived. So when my husband and I would watch a movie, all right, Netflix time, actually our Netflix is not at night. It's Netflix when our kids are in school. Right? So when you're married, you're going to understand, okay, fine. Let's watch one movie and then let's go back to work. And so we scroll, 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 scroll. And like, I don't know. What do we watch? There's so many options. All right. We'll pick one. All right. Let's do this. You don't like rom-com. I don't like violence. Well, let's meet in the middle, whatever. And so we'll pick a movie and the start of the movie, first quarter of the movie, there's like F-bombs here. There's killing here. There's, you know, things that's like, I don't know, I don't know about this. And so we would turn it off or like, oh, I don't know. Let's just pick another movie. Some of us would say, oh, it's just a small thing. It's just, you know, PG, no, not PG, rated R. I mean, what's wrong with that? We see this, it's so normal nowadays, right? We've all been deceived. That's what the verse is talking about because of insensitivity. We don't realize that we're paying money to be entertained, but by something that hurts the heart of God. Do you realize that? That we spend money to laugh at movies that is breaking the heart of God. Like Pastor, you're so uptight this morning. I think I picked the wrong church. I should have gone to the other one. (laughs) <laughs> Here's what I tell Ethan all the time. Because he has access to an iPad. He a- has access to movies. I would tell him, because I can't, I can't helicopter mom. I cannot watch him all the time. But I tell him, if you feel like the Spirit of God is telling you, to, this is not good for you, you stop right away. You stop right away. Same thing for us. When we're watching Netflix, or we're watching movies, or we're doing things, or we're saying, we're reading things, we're looking at something. The spirit of God is in you, and you would know you need to stop, right? Because if you do that, then your heart doesn't grow hard. Amen. You're not insensitive to the spirit of God. My dad models this so very well. He. Getting your own heart right. He would, he would apologize to us, his kids. He would apologize to me. If he gets mad or if he does something that he thinks that hurt me, he would sit me down and say, I'm sorry that I hurt you. And not with any excuse because blah, blah, blah. But no, it's like I, I want to be a better parent. I'm sorry. Right? Get your heart right first. So how do we create a culture of purity in our family? It starts with us. Say, it starts with me. It starts with me. Second one, how do we create a culture of purity in our families or in your discipleship groups or whatever? Number two is you parent to the heart. You parent to the heart. Our culture would say, well, don't tell me how to parent my kids. Right, but I want to tell you that there's a right way to raise your kids and there's a wrong way to raise your kids. There's a biblical way of training your child in the way they should go. So in the end, they will not depart from the word of God. And so you can say, ah, uh, 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 parenting, that's my area. You don't know. There's a clear instruction from the Bible of how we lead and parent our kids. Amen? And so my point today, what I'm trying to teach you is that we need to parent to the heart. Because a lot of us, we focus on behavior. I want you to write that down. Some of you are raising kids. Write this down. Don't be just after the behavior or the action. Focus on the heart. Focus on the why. How many of you experience this? You have kids, right? And you would tell them, you also say, say sorry to your brother. I would say this, you know. I'm not perfect. So go say sorry to your brother. And what, what happens? They would go to their brother or sister and say, I'm sorry, big baby. Right? So you got what you wanted. They said, sorry, but is the heart right? No. Right? So you parent to the heart and not just focus on actions. You want your kids to be different than the world. It's hard enough to raise our kids being out there in the world. Being intentional in parenting your kids is very, very important. You don't wake up in the morning and have holy family. Holy breakfast. No. You don't wake up one day and say, oh, my kids turned all right. Like, wow. You know, like, they're Holy. You are intentional about parenting. Like what we say all the time, if you don't parent your kids, the world will. They already are parenting your kids. They see so many things that we don't want them to see. So if you're not going to be intentional in your homes, you're not going to be happy. You're not going to be happy because blessed are the pure in heart. Amen. Parent to the heart. We don't focus on just the actions and the behavior, right? We, we, you know, a teenager, you say, you can't go to the party. And they would go to their room, they would slam the room. Fine! That's not acceptable. In our culture, you would get a smack. But in this culture, right? No, 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 no. That's not acceptable, right? So you parent them towards purity. You tell them the why behind the what. Not just, no, because I said so, it's because I love you, I protect you, and I want you to honor me. Right? You address the heart. You address the heart. Say, address the heart. God is all about the heart, right? When Samuel, when when, when when they're looking for the king, God is saying, I don't look at the outward appearance. I look at the heart. You know, Jesus was obsessed with the heart. In the Old Testament, they would say, don't murder. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. If you actually hate your brother, you have actually murdered him, right? In the Old Testament, Jesus was saying, in the Old Testament, Don't commit adultery. Jesus said, no, 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 no. If you look at a woman lustfully, you committed adultery in your heart. So what is He doing? He is parenting our hearts. He's after our hearts and not just the outward actions, the outward behavior, but He's after your heart. Because Jesus is all about the heart. The problem, well, he, he blasted the Pharisees. Jesus blasted the Pharisees all over the New Testament. And he was like, you guys look good on the outside, but the inside is filthy. And we don't want that. We don't want people looking at you. You're good on the outside. You pray, you have Bible studies, but on the inside, you're filthy. Right? When you're eating at a cup, the cup, you know, of the bowl is, is, is clean outside, but it's dirty on the inside. Where do you eat? You eat inside, right? So the inside matters more than the outside. Are you here? We don't want to settle for outward submission when there's still inward rebellion. We don't want to settle for outward submission when there's still inward rebellion. heart matters we parent towards the heart you know why because right actions come out of a right heart you don't have to patrol their actions if you're parenting their heart and they have the right heart the right actions will follow right it's funny growing up i'm almost done whenever i'm sick My dad would go into my room. You know, I was a sickly uh, kid or teenager growing up. I would get headaches all the time, fever all the time, and he would come and say, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Have you eaten? Have you um, taken medicine? Maybe if you've been, you know, doing so much, you need to rest. And he doesn't stop with the physical checkup. He would say, How's your heart? He's not saying that I'm sick because I've sinned against the Lord, but since you're stuck in bed, you might as well check your heart. (laughs) So every time he would come and I'm sick, and he would be coming in. It's like, oh, here we go. (sighs) How's your heart? Have you hurt the heart of God? He would give me an opportunity for repentance. He would give me an opportunity for reconciliation. This is very important. When you parent your kids, you, don't, you parent them towards reconciliation all the time. So when you ask them, instead of saying sorry, you teach them how to build a relationship again. Because this is going to be helpful when they're grown up. Right? Because nowadays, people don't know how to reconcile relationships. Are you here? People don't have no idea. I have a beef with somebody and stays like that till they're dead. Right? We didn't know how to reconcile relationships. So when you parent towards the heart, you teach them, don't just say sorry. Try to rebuild that relationship again. Right? So that's what my dad was doing, and I was like, You're stuck in bed, then you might as well pray. And repent. Right? Some of you will be doing that now. But it helped me, it helped me growing up. I always had heart check, hashtag, heart check. How's my heart? Right? Is it right before the Lord? Okay, number three. If you're not offended yet, if you are still deciding to come back next week, here is the biggest one. Number three. To create a culture of purity in our homes, in our friendships, in our discipleship groups, in your family, number three is you have to pursue perfect purity. What? (laughs) Pursue perfect purity. Pursue because nobody will say here that I'm perfect and I'm pure. It's a pursuit. Pursuit. It's a target, it's a goal, that's where you fix your eyes, you pursue perfect purity. Why perfect purity? Because anything less than perfect purity is impurity. Anything less than perfect purity is impurity. It's raising the standard. Ephesians 5.3, if you're writing down the verses today, it's very important. I want you to read this. Among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Wow. There must not be even a hint a hint of sexual immorality. I can do that. I can do that. Yes, you cannot do that. Only by the power of God that we can do this. Amen. So let me ask you some questions. Would you, would committing adultery with four other women be a hint of sexual immorality? Yes or no? Yes. If looking at your screen, lustfully over a woman that is not your wife, breaking the heart of your wife, is that a hint of sexual immorality? Yes or no? Yes. So, let there not be a hint of sexual immorality. The question is, how much impurity do you want to let in? Uh, Some of you say, I can't do that. I'm not perfect. That's fine. That's okay. That's why I said pursue perfect purity. It's a pursuit. Amen? You have your heart right towards that direction. There's a story of a 12-year-old. I'm closing with this. A 12-year-old coming to his mom and saying, Mom, I want to watch this PG-13 movie. And mom said, no, you can't watch that. But he said, just a little bit of bad stuff it is, just a little bit. And he was like, please, come on. And mom said, okay. Okay. But before you watch it, I'm gonna bake you a brownie. Okay? And he was pumped, like, yes, I get to watch in a brownie. That's like, what? And so the mom went outside and scooped dog poop, a little bit of dog poop, and put it in the brownie and baked it. And he gave it to the boy and said, Here you go. Here's a brownie before you watch the movie. But just so you know, I put a little bit. Just a little bit of of dog poop in there. It's like, what? No, that's gross. I would never eat that. But it's just a little bit, just like the bad stuff in the movie. If you're not convicted yet... You tell God, God, I don't want my heart to be hard. I don't want my heart to be insensitive. I don't want my heart to be insensitive to what breaks yours. A little bit of impurity. How much of impurity do you want to allow for your kids, for your family? Today, blessed are the pure in heart for what? They will see God. God. They will see God. A lot of us, we don't see what God is moving in our that God is moving in our families. We don't see miracles, signs, and wonders. We don't see the hand of God. Because we've allowed impurity in our hearts and in our lives, and in our families. Amen. And you're here today and you say, I'm screwed up, I'm messed up. I, I, I want to do those things. I want to look at other women. What do I do? Ezekiel says. 3626 I'm not just going to make your heart your own heart better but God is saying I will I will give you a new heart And put a new spirit in you. And I will remove from you your heart of stone. There is hope for us today. We desire those things. But God is saying, I'm going to give you a new heart. Where you will come to a place where you don't desire those things anymore. You don't have appetite for those things anymore. God has changed your heart. He will give you a new heart. He will remove the heart of stone. He He will remove the hardened heart amen he will give you clarity that's the theme of the year clarity sexual purity brings clarity if you sleep around there's gonna be a fog over your head you can't think right but having sexual purity by the power of god it will bring clarity to your life you will see things clearly and you will not just see things clearly you will see god how many of you want to see god We can't do this on our own. I can't, I make mistakes. You know, the Bible talks about King David having a heart after God, but he made mistakes. He murdered somebody. He committed adultery. But the the, the verse in Psalms says, created me a clean heart, O God. This is David's cry. This is his cry, created me, Lord, a pure heart. Created me a clean heart. Oh God, and renew our right spirit within me. That's our prayer because you're going to make mistakes. When you go home, you might be tempted to look at pornography. You might be tempted to let impurity come into your home. But the, the, the hope is, the grace of God is that I'm going to give you a new heart. That you would come to God and say, God, I can't do this on my own. I'm, I repent. I'm sorry. And then God is there. God is there. Amen. We can't do it. Only Jesus can. How many of you want to live a life of purity? Can we stand up? It's not too much. Some of you think that's too much. That's not that's like, yeah, whatever. That's you know, that's not the the culture that we live in right now. Yeah, yes, we're different. We're different than the world. You're different than the world. Amen. You are royal priesthood, a holy nation, separated, set aside for God. You're not the same person anymore as you were before. And so if you're here and say, I, I I, want that. I want that for my future family. I want that for my life. You can come up or you can raise your hand, whatever you want to do. I want to do this, Lord. I want to be pure in your sight. I want to... Uh, God, I want that new heart that I will not desire whatever the world desires. I make mistakes. I stumble. But I'm going to get up again. And by the power of the Holy Spirit. So right now, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to speak to God and say, Lord, I want that. It's possible. All things are possible to those who believe. Only by the power of the Holy Spirit, only by the power of God, we can do this. We can achieve this. Lord, help us to create a culture of purity in our family. Lord, that we're not just going to protect them physically, but we're going to protect them morally. We're not just going to protect our homes, but we're going to protect our hearts. Come on, I want you to pray to God right now. This is the best time to talk to God. Sometimes some some of us don't even have time to talk to God at home. When you come here, that's your time. to speak to He's here. He's actually in front of you. He's listening to every word that's coming out of your mouth right now. And so I want you to talk to Him. Say, God, I want to be able to disciple other people towards purity. Lord, I want to be able to raise my kids and parent them to the heart. Help me, Holy Spirit, remove my hardened heart. Lord, I pray that you remove the darkness in our understanding that we may see clearly this morning. I surrender to you. My flesh is weak. Lord, my heart and my my, my flesh will fail. But you are the strength of our hearts. You are the strength of our heart today.